Hello and welcome to OBGYN Audiophile. For those of you who are new to this podcast, it is designed to provide practice questions and answers for those preparing for the OBGYN certifying examination, more commonly known as oral boards. For those of you interested in test preparation, the most useful way to use these would be to listen to the question, pause the podcast, answer out loud, and then listen to the answer given. These practice questions and answers are based on my readings of important publications, including practice bulletins, committee opinions, and Green Journal articles, in addition to ABOG's own publications, including their Pearls of Excellence. If you are studying for the boards, you can read the reference article and then test your knowledge using these podcasts. Or you can test your knowledge using these podcasts to help you determine which reference articles you need to reread before your exam. I have made a few OBGYN audiophile podcasts available for free, and the remainder are available at our website, obgynaudiophile.com, for a nominal fee. My approach in asking these questions is to be as neutral as possible, as your examiner will likely also be very neutral, and their goal is to not let you know if you are answering correctly or not. Hopefully these questions and answers will get you ready to speak with someone who is unenthused about you for three or more hours. I highly recommend stress relief via exercise while you are preparing for your oral examination, and I think that these podcasts are an ideal way to study while traveling or exercising. Good luck with all your studies, and good luck as you prepare for your oral exam. What is the leading cause of infectious mortality globally? Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis in pregnancy from June 2020. What does a tuberculosis evaluation consist of? A TB risk assessment, medical history, physical examination, symptom screen, and TB test if indicated. What are the risks of tuberculosis in pregnancy? Increased risk of maternal morbidity, increased risk of antenatal admission, Increased rates of anemia, increased rates of cesarean section, increased preterm birth, increased low birth weight, increased perinatal death, increased risk of miscarriage, increased acute fetal distress. What are the risks to the fetus of congenital TB? Bronchopneumonia and hepatosplenomegaly. What is the rate of latent TB infection among the U.S. population? between 3.1 and 5% of the population. What percentage of latent TB becomes active? 5 to 10% of latent TB becomes active TB. When does the CDC recommend screening all women who are at high risk for TB? The CDC recommends screening all women who are at high risk for TB at the initiation of antenatal care. At the new OB visit, how do you determine if the patient warrants a tuberculosis test? Performing a TB risk assessment, where you ask about the signs or symptoms or risk factors for TB. Performing a medical history and physical exam and a symptom screen. Why would you want to diagnose TB early on in pregnancy, for example, at the first OB visit? If treatment is initiated within the first trimester, it improves the risks regarding preterm birth, low birth weight, and perinatal death. What causes poor outcomes associated with TB in pregnancy to be increased? Inadequate treatment, advanced disease, and late diagnosis.
globally, what is the prevalence of TB? Close to 25%. What are the five most common countries of origin for U.S. immigrants? Mexico, Philippines, Vietnam, India, and China. Which continents have endemic TB and therefore a higher risk? Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, Eastern Europe, Latin America. What causes a high risk of tuberculosis progression from latent to active TB? An HIV infection, contracting tuberculosis within the past two years, an IV drug user, or immunocompromised. What living or working conditions make you at high risk for TB? Having been housed in a correctional facility, a healthcare worker who works closely with patients who have increased risk of tuberculosis, having lived in a homeless shelter, or having lived in a long-term healthcare facility or nursing home. TB is transmitted by airborne transmission. What acts produce airborne transmission and increase the risk of transmission? Coughing, sneezing, laughing, and singing. What is tuberculosis? It is an infection caused by one of seven acid-fast bacilli that make up the mycobacterium tuberculosis complex, most commonly M. tuberculosis in the United States. Describe the pathophysiology of a tuberculosis infection. Tubercle bacilli are ingested by alveolar macrophages, and then they can be released when macrophages die. If they're alive, the bacilli can then spread through lymphatic channels or blood. In addition to the lung, tuberculosis can affect the brain, larynx, lymph nodes, spine, bone, or kidneys. Granulomas form due to macrophages ingesting and surrounding the bacilli. What are some of the risk factors you ask your patients when screening for TB? If they've had close contact with someone who has TB, if they were born or traveled recently to a high-burden TB country, if they've resided in a correctional facility or long-term or nursing home or a homeless shelter, or if they work at a healthcare facility with TB patients, if they're an IV drug user or immunocompromised or have an HIV infection. How do you screen your patients regarding symptoms of TB? I discuss with them if they've had a loss of appetite or weight loss or fever, night sweats or chills or weakness, cough or chest pain or hemoptysis. What are the diagnostic criteria of congenital TB? Lesions within the first week of life, primary hepatic TB complex or caseating TB hepatic granulomas, TB diagnosed on placental pathology, or TB on the maternal genital tract, and an exclusion of a postnatal TB infection. If congenital TB is suspected, how do you evaluate for this? The evaluation should include histologic and mycobacterial culture of the placenta in addition to neonatal evaluation. After a patient screens positive verbally for risk factors or signs or symptoms of TB, what do you do? If a patient has a positive questionnaire screen for tuberculosis, I would proceed with either a TB skin test or the interferon gamma release assay. If a patient has a positive TB screening, I would then proceed with a TB test either using the Manto TST or TB skin test or 
the IGRA, which is the interferon gamma release assay, which is ideal for patients who have already had the BCG TB vaccine, or for patients who are non-compliant because the TST requires a second visit. When is the Manto TST positive? It's positive after 2 to 12 weeks after exposure. Of pregnant patients who are tested with a TST, what percentage is positive? A significant number are positive, 14 to 47%, and most pregnant women with TB are unaware that they have the disease because it's typically latent TB. What type of patients would have a negative test even though they might have TB? Patients who have corticosteroid use, renal failure, or additional infections including HIV. If the TST or IGRA are positive, what is the next step? The next step is to do a chest x-ray to evaluate for active TB disease. And if the chest x-ray is normal, what is your diagnosis? If the chest x-ray is normal, the diagnosis is latent TB if the patient is asymptomatic. Is tuberculosis a reportable infectious disease? Yes, I'm going to report the diagnosis of active or latent TB to my health department. How do you interpret a TB skin test? After it is injected, you have to read it between 48 and 72 hours, and if it is greater than 15 millimeters and a healthy person is positive. It's positive if it's greater than 10 millimeters for patients who are from a country with a high prevalence of TB, for patients who have had a history of IV drug use or had resided in a prison, nursing home, or homeless shelter, for mycobacteria lab personnel, or patients with diabetes, renal disease, corticosteroid use, leukemia, chronic malabsorptive disease, or children under 4. When is a patient's test 5 millimeters positive? For patients who have HIV, had recent TB contacts, had evidence of healed TB on a chest x-ray, or who are status post-organ transplant or otherwise immunosuppressed. If you diagnose active TB in pregnancy, how would you treat that patient? That patient would receive nine months of triple treatment, including isoniazid, rifampin, and ethambutol, plus B6. Why would you not give the fourth medication, the pyrazinamide? U.S. guidelines exclude pyrazinamide in pregnancy unless there is evidence of extrapulmonary TB or a patient with severe TB who also has an HIV infection. How are these medications given? These medications are given under DOT or direct observed therapy, usually with involvement of both an infectious disease consultation and the health department, who typically provides the DOT. If you diagnose latent TB in pregnancy, how should you proceed? Some patients can wait and be treated two to three months postpartum. However, this paper argues that if the patient is known to have contracted the TB within two years and therefore has a higher risk of proceeding from latent to active TB, that the patient should be treated starting during the second trimester. What is the risk of TB medications during pregnancy? Hepatotoxicity due to the TB medications can be more common in pregnancy and the postpartum period. How do you treat latent TB? The typical way to treat latent TB is isoniazid daily or twice weekly by direct observed therapy for six to nine months with the addition of B6. Why do you administer B6 with isoniazid? It prevents neuropathy. 
what is an alternative method for treating latent TB? The alternative method is rifamycin, which has a shorter course and therefore improved completion. When you compare these two medications in pregnancy, how do they compare? Isonizid is preferred. It crosses the placenta, but it's not teratogenic, whereas rifamycin is associated with a 3% teratogenicity, including limb reductions, CNS abnormalities, and hypoprothrombinemia. What other TB medication is teratogenic? Streptomycin can cause eighth nerve toxicity, which can cause damage to the vestibulocochlear nerve. What is extrapulmonary TB? It is usually not infectious and rare compared to pulmonary TB, which includes 67% of the cases in the United States. The most common sites for extrapulmonary TB include lymph nodes, pleura, bones, meninges, and the urogenital tract. Miliary TB is a type of extrapulmonary TB, which is rare, and it is disseminated, causing TB at multiple sites, disseminating through the bloodstream. CNS TB is also another type of extrapulmonary TB that can cause tuberculosis meningitis, intracranial tuberculomas, and tuberculosis spinal meningitis. Genital TB is another type of extrapulmonary TB and can present with infertility, menstrual disorders, pelvic pain, or PID unresponsive to first-line antimicrobial treatment. How is genital TB transmitted? It can be spread via infected semen or infected sputum used as a sexual lubricant. How is genital TB treated? It responds well to medical treatment and surgery is usually only required for large tubo-ovarian abscesses. Can a patient with active TB breastfeed? Untreated active TB is one of the few absolute contraindications to breastfeeding. When can this patient start breastfeeding? After she's been treated for two weeks by first-line agents and is non-infectious with a negative sputum culture, she can start breastfeeding. Again, it is important for the patient to have B6 or pyridoxine supplementation if she is breastfeeding and taking isoniazid because a breastfeeding patient is at higher risk for the neuropathy. I would also counsel this patient that to minimize the dose that of TB medication that the infant receives, that she should take the medication immediately after feeding and at the start of the infant's longest sleep period. Additionally, the infants need to be monitored for jaundice due to the hepatotoxicity associated with these medications. In the rare cases of tuberculosis mastitis or tuberculosis breast abscesses, the breast milk should be discarded until the mother is no longer contagious. Can the isoniazid in breast milk be used to treat infant? The amount of isoniazid in breast milk is not prophylactic nor therapeutic for the infant. Hopefully you enjoyed these questions and answers on the topic of tuberculosis. I think that most test writers have always loved the topics of tuberculosis and syphilis. Of note, if you go to our webpage at www.obgynaudiophile.com, you will find a new syphilis in pregnancy question and answer session from a recent publication and a audio file on postpartum hemorrhage, which is probably the most common topic tested at the certifying exam.